You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Graceland After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Graceland After Show. Oh, there we have it. Our new EDM opening for Graceland. Didn't see it coming. We didn't have it last week. No, but it is brand new. Episode 2 of Graceland called Guadalajara Dog. And welcome back, everybody. We had a great time last week. and We're, we're going to keep it rolling with Steven and I. You know, honestly, I never would have thought that that title for an episode would make me hungry until I've seen the episode. Yeah, no, true. <laughs> Actually, honestly, until you said that right now, I didn't even connect it with the hot dog. Oh, come on. No, I'm sorry. Come I'm sorry. On. I wasn't there. I did it. I'm Julie Parton. Find me on Twitter at J-U-L-I-E-P-A-R-T-I-N. And I am the co-host of the evening, Stephen Lemieux. You can find me on Twitter at S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. Basically my name. Exactly, exactly. Well, Although it's yeah, not spelled like you think it would. It's got X's and all kinds of vowels and places. Yeah, too many vowels and places <laughs> we've never even heard of. But let's dig in. This is... Absolutely. I mean, we started the show last week, very first episode, and not only us, but a lot of people across the nation were raving. Like, it got very, very positive feedback. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's enjoyable because when you have a pilot and you go into a season that they weren't, they didn't know if they'd get to film or not, they get to have a lot of leeway. I mean, of course, we see some character, like the, the boss guy is not in it anymore. Right, yeah. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it seemed to flow fairly flawlessly into episode two. And I'm sure it'll just continue on because now they have no bridge to gap with a pilot in episode two. So this episode was very... Kind of, it was another kind of setup. Yeah, I mean, we learned a lot, and we had we had really established who the characters were in the previous episode, what they do, and in this episode, we sort of got to start to see more dimensions to them. But right off the bat, we were, we're thrown straight into the mic and bricks. Like, where do they stand? Where is this going to go? It's obviously going to be incredibly complicated. Yeah, they just kind of they meet up at this beach. I think it's in Venice, and. Uh, they meet up with Johnny to get some Hector's tacos. And they're kind of going through, like, the whole talking about various different things. I mean, the whole conversation, I didn't really ca- take anything really away from it. It was mostly just to put them in that moment for the guy to steal the bag of chips. Yeah. Little and- kid steals a bag of chips, which I think Mike was going to let go. Because like, he saw him steal it, right? No, Mike was the one who went after him. But he was going to let just the chips go, but then the owner tried to stop the teenager, and the teenager punched the owner. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. So he chases after the guy, and, of course, Briggs is like, Johnny, go get him, because you don't want to blow your cover. You're a freaking idiot. Yeah. I mean, this is an undercover thing. Like, people, people think that, like we talked about this last episode, this is where they live. Like, anywhere they are outside of Graceland, nobody should know what they are. Because at any time, like, we got Hector's Tacos, and this is what they say, like, Hector's Tacos is burned now. 
and they didn't want to burn Hector's tacos because it's like an amazing thing, but because if anyone knows if they're an agent there, they can't trust Hector to keep his mouth shut. They can't any- trust anyone who like sees them there and then asks about them afterwards, like, what is this guy? Is he really who he says he is? So it kind of burned that location. Hector, you've been blacklisted. Basically, he lost customers on that one. Um, so uh, then we get a nice, uh, we get a little opening scene with the, the morning routine of Mike. Yeah, it's really Mike just getting used to being a Southern California resident, and, like, this is his new home. And like we were talking about last week, he doesn't know really where his refuge is going to be. And I think this makes it sort of clear he's going to find it being one with with the ocean, his morning routine, on his run. I mean, it just showed... It was just like... A, it was, again, like the character straight out of boot camp. It's like right. he wakes up, <laughs> makes his bed. For some reason, they wanted to show... His ass in the camera. That was funny when he made his bed. I made a note about that. His his crappy little bed. <laughs> and then goes for a run, sees Charlie on the way out, and she's hungover, like really hungover, you can tell. That was funny. She was wearing this like black, cheap-looking dress. I wasn't sure if she had just come out of the ocean and that was supposed to be a swimsuit or something until I realized she had these heels with her. Oh, she yeah. was doing the walk of shame on the beach, which and that's is totally exa- odd. That's exactly what I said. I was like, oh, it's a walk of shame. And then we see him in the in the in Graceland and like, oh, have you, enjoying your walk of shame? And she's yeah. like, it wasn't a walk of shame. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, I think the part, going back to the thing with the tacos, like Mike, of course, according to the FBI handbook, he, he sees a violent crime. He's supposed to stop it. And they say, well, that doesn't really apply to us. And I sort of think it should. I get it that they have to maintain their cover and they have bigger fish to fry than shoplifting kids or whatever. But if there are FBI agents living among us, I would love to know that they would protect people if it came to that. If they had to, if something dangerous was happening. It's, it's not like that, though. It's, it's much on a bigger scale. Because let's say, uh, let's say somebody's getting mugged, all right? And then, they, then an agent who's undercover comes out of cover to save that person. Well, that could put the lives of several other agents. That can put the lives of several other people in jeopardy. So it's like one of those, like, once you're undercover, you're undercover. And the only way you're getting out of it is if you get shot or if, like, something happens to break it and you have to get out of cover. But, like, what if that person getting mugged had died? Then the FBI just stood there twiddling their thumbs. Well, they, they showed this, they showed kind of a moment like this in the first episode. The very first scene was Lauren witnessing Donnie getting shot. And she doesn't say, oh my God, Donnie. She says, policia, and she runs away. Uh... So, I mean, it's like, that's, that's how hardcore your cover is. Because if she said, Donnie, oh my God, that associates with her, that breaks her cover. Every other person who's undercover with the Russians, they're going to be all sorts of, digging that stuff up to see who the mole is, and that gets agents killed. Yeah, I would have gotten Lauren shot, too, if she had flipped out about that. Exactly. Still, I, just thinking about it, not versus show, but versus real life, I want those FBI guys to protect me out there. Something <laughs> bad starts happening. I don't want their cover to be more important than the civilians. Well, you have a husband. He can protect you. <laughs> Maybe he is FBI. Oh, mm. we never know. So this was, this was another small thing that I like to point out that I don't know if it's gonna be brought back up but the durian fruit with uh johnny opening up that stink fruit now he was doing that because he wanted to be used to it right well no when you eat stuff it makes you sweat out the smell depending on the foods and in this case he wanted to smell Mm. like he was malaysian so he wanted to sweat out like he's malaysian so he can fit in this cover better so i don't know if we're gonna see johnny in more of a cover like with this like and come back to that and 
future episode, but that was just a little foreshadowing of I what's going on. I didn't catch that's why he was doing it. I thought he wanted to be able to just like this fruit and maybe smell like this fruit so that he would be more authentic. Oh, no. He was all about, like, I gotta smell like, I gotta, I gotta sweat it out and smell Malaysian. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure there's all types of Malaysians out there that are gonna be like, we do not smell like that fruit. <laughs> but, like, pretty, pretty immediately, I love seeing them in their undercover roles. Yeah. Like, it, they seem to me almost better in their undercover roles than their characters. Like, especially when it comes to Jake's. I really, really like Charlie undercover. I feel like undercover, she's more herself than not. Well, because we haven't... I don't know. Like, I mean, I, it's interesting. When, okay, I'll tell you when Charlie seems Charlie to be. And I know we've we've seen two episodes, so I don't know her that well. But she seems m- more at home with herself when she's, like, dressed up to the nines trying to dupe somebody than when she's being, like, you know, Mike's mentor, I guess, at home. Well, I don't know. It's another, it's another one of those things, like, with acting. When, when you're an actor and you're acting something, you become a different person. And you can just be anything you want. So, like, anyone, even even some actors who are very to themselves, like, they're very shy. Like, even I'm somewhat of an example of this. Like, I'm not very hugely outgoing, especially growing up I wasn't. But, like, when you get into a character role, that all goes out the window. And you can be, you can just put it, you can turn it on. And you seem more comfortable because it's not yourself. You're not worried about whether people think of you. You're worried about... You're not even worried about anything because they're just meeting this new person. It's like going to a bar where nobody knows you at all. You know, there's no chance of anybody you know ever seeing you there. And let's say you start talking with an Australian accent. Let's say you start, you know, adding a limp to your left foot saying you got shot in the war. <laughs> it's, it's, it, acting is a cover and being somebody else is almost a confidence likened to like a godly confidence. It's like it's an overconfidence. It was when the first lines of the episode, Briggs looks Mike and he's like, you have to decide who you are. Yeah. And he said, oh, I'll just be a surfer bum. And he's like, not going to happen. You need to come up with something realistic. And I don't want to spoil any plots or anything, but later on when Mike thinks he, like he found a good character, he was going to be a Marine, immediately Briggs was like, no stupid accents. It has to flow out of you very naturally. And so I think this show, in contrast to some of the other spy shows on different channels and maybe on USA even, their undercover characters aren't so two hours undercover. Their undercover characters have to last for years while they live in Graceland. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons they make them more natural and like no stupid names, no stupid accents, be who you are. In an evil version of yourself. Again, it's like they're professional actors because right. you don't you don't play a role you can't be believable in. Right. Like I'm not going to be doing a Jamaican role, Mike. Like it doesn't it doesn't work. Like nobody's going to believe that. I mean, he had a pretty good Southern accent. I mean, I'm from the South. I, I can pull off a pretty good Southern accent too. I'm from too. the South too. I so, fight that Southern accent. <laughs> you you got to get rid of it when you move to Hollywood just a little bit. But no, like it. There, you've got to be natural. And if you're not natural, you're going to be nervous. You're going to be worrying about stupid things. You're, gonna, you're not going to be worrying about if that guy has a gun. You're going to be worrying about, oh, is my accent good? Right. So, like, it, it, he's, he's right. It's just get, get rid of the stupid crap. So something that I want to talk about and establish pretty quickly is that while they were all sitting around, you know, getting into their characters, trying to smell like there's some ethnicity or whatever, they get these letters in the mail mm-hmm. that they need to get a psych evaluation from last week because they both saw people die. Yeah. Which I think that's a, that's a pretty good standard procedure. Briggs right there rips it up. Yeah, rips it up. He doesn't need it. Uh, they need a psych evaluation. Then there's one addressed to Mike from the brass, and Briggs immediately intercepts it, 
reads it, they want to put him on a case. Well, they, like he, he, they want him to go in for the psych evaluation. Do you think that Briggs didn't want Mike to go in for the psych evaluation either? No, I think Briggs has just always been on to Mike from the first episode. Like, so, I mean, he's not stupid. I mean, what you got to look at with Briggs is Briggs is Mike. Like, Mike is Briggs. Like, they keep saying it like, you are, the, you are Paul Briggs. Like, when he came out of school, you were the same way. He was the exact same way. Right. So this, Briggs may be a little bit out there and a little bit more eccentric with his ways of protecting the rights of citizens, but he is one intelligent guy, and he is not someone you can put stuff off. If, if, if Mike can think something's up, then Briggs is immediately going to think something's That's up. That's true. It's like, it's like meeting yourself from a few years ago, and you might be smarter than yourself, but you would definitely be intimidated by younger you. Exactly. Because you know what they're capable of. <laughs> <laughs> so we hear about a few of the cases, and the one that really sticks out is the Bellow case. And this is one that's going to be going through the next few episodes. I don't think it'll end with next episode. I think it might get down to get up to episode four. Yeah, no, I definitely think this is a big bet. Like this is this is going to be up there with the Russians as far as big bad characters with all different types of evil entourages. And we're going to see their cases ongoing, I think. Yeah, definitely. Like we might even see multiple episodes with Mike or Briggs in the same undercover position. Right. So... This is where it kind of like just shows him like, oh, I want to be on the case. Oh, you're too young for that. And then it cuts over to uh, Jake's. And this is the great scene with Jake's. You know, you love him in, your, in his Gosh, Jamaican. I really wish Jake's was Jamaican. I can't tell you how much more I like Jamaican Jake's than, than mean, no fun Jake's. I like a Jamaican Jake's. <laughs> so he's opened up this truck looking for the birds. He finds a crate in the back. They shut him in the truck. SWAT team comes out. What's in the crate, Julie? In the crate is... Cop killers, five, also known as long, pointy bullets with green tips. 5.47 grained, hardcore, basically cop killers. Cop yeah. killers, illegal in all 50 states. <laughs> and Puerto Rico. And Puerto Rico. <laughs> so I was just wondering, like, was Jake's done with this case at this point in time? Because I feel like he was very invested in this bird smuggling situation. And then it ended so quickly. Well, I don't think he's still out of it. I don't think he's out of it, but... Don't you think those guys, like, by shutting him in there and running, we're done with him? They're done dealing with him? I mean, it depends. It honestly depends, because they probably are, like, just afraid of, like, other people finding out about the gun thing, like, because they're... His case turned into something else. That Why weren't they like, yo, man, get out of there. It's nothing. It's nothing, man. I don't know. I think we might find out. It's they, not something they really went They just, to. like, turned on him quickly, shut the doors on him, and... Yeah, he finds these bullets. We bring all these different SWAT teams in and stuff. And, and then it leaves off right there. Yeah. In this port. And it goes to Lauren, which we haven't seen this episode, except for in the morning. A Lauren, bit. Yeah. Lauren, which I didn't really realize this last episode. I don't think this is a series-long character. Oh. <laughs> you knew that? I mean, I didn't know that, but like... I didn't know. I, I mean, like... I just, from talking to Chris and Joe right. last week, I was just like, she's going to die. <laughs> oh, you think she's totally yeah. going to die? I mean, the way she's just like, she's just a self-destructive character. Like, um, she's complaining about being pulled over under out of Russian cover. We find out she got taken out of her cover. Um, she's just so morose that Donnie's out. Well, she's in love with Donnie. You could tell. 
She's in love with Donnie. I don't know if they had a thing or if they were just partners, but either way, like, that's where her heart is. I think we will see Donnie again, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I'm just like, I thought that the house consisted of these guys and these girls. And now that we're into the second episode, I don't think Lauren's one of the girls. I think she's a part of the plot right now, but I don't think she's going to be one of those characters. Like, she, if this were friends, I don't think she's one of the friends. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of the acquaintance. If this was friends, she was an acquaintance. I know, right? <laughs> so uh, jo- John's like, uh, or no, not John. Briggs is like, let him go. She's like, Aah. yeah. Briggs says it's official. Donnie is not Out. in this house anymore. He doesn't even say where he went. He didn't say if he was reassigned or anything like that. He's just like, he's not a roommate anymore. Takes his picture symbolically off of the board. He walks out of the room. Lauren symbolically puts it back in. <laughs> yeah, meaning she's, she's not letting this one go. She is not letting him go. Absolutely, she's she's not letting this one go. Not only is she not letting him go, but she's like pressing hard on this Russian case in a way that's going to become destructive. Yeah, it's going to break someone's cover and somebody's going to get hurt. Maybe her. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. So cut over to Mike Mike Warren with Juan Medio, who is his psych evaluation doctor with right. no doctor in front of his name. Right. Uh, we find out now that Mike's aspirations are to be the uh, FBI director. Yep, deputy and, director. So he's kind of talking to him about this, has the book and stuff, so Mike's kind of like, you're bullshitting me. Right. Yeah, like, you're not you're not who you say you are. He's who basically are you? like, I wouldn't feel like I was getting interrogated if you were a psychiatrist. Ex- well, you, I think you probably would, even a psychiatrist. I don't know if you've ever been to psychiatry care, Stephen. I haven't. I probably it's, should. <laughs> it's very, it's much, it's like very calm. Like, oh. I think he could tell right away, like, this guy's not small chatting me. He's asking me about Briggs immediately. He's like, hello, how are you? You want to be a deputy director? And are you disappointed with your assignment in Graceland? Because I could tell you want to be in D.C. So we also find out that Mike's dad was a crime scene photographer. For I thought the- it was his grandpa. I thought it was his dad. Dad or grandpa. Okay, it was a... Maybe you're right. It was a grandpa. It was a crime scene photographer for the J. Edgar Hoover building. His greatest moment was when J. Edgar Hoover himself, like, requested him on a case. Um, and then they asked about Briggs. He said he's complicated. Well, how is he complicated? Well, how is he not? Well, are you watching this series? <laughs> Do we have to answer that question for you? <laughs> but but what, what is pretty cool and obviously a huge relief for Mike is that we learned that this guy... Not a psychiatrist. That's his cover. He's Mike's boss. Basically. He's his point person. They they had a name for it. He's his control it. officer. Yeah. The shrink is his control officer. And so they have managed to find a brilliant way for Mike to continue to see him and meet up with him without Briggs noticing every little phone call. And it's apparently a fairly big deal. Like, because Mike, Mike is the top student. He is the guy destined to be this director. And they take him out of where he wanted to go to throw him on this case. So this case, as much as we think it's like kind of like, okay, a small looking into Briggs, it's going to be a lot more widespread than that. There's, there's big people in high places trying to look into Briggs because otherwise this would not be the fast track to being the FBI director. Yeah, he definitely said like this, this is not a roadblock. This no. is not out of your way towards becoming deputy director. This is this is the fast track. Yeah. This is like, hey, there's a rope. No, there's an escalator right there. Just take that escalator right up. Briggs is like along the way. Just throw him off, you know. 
But what was what was weird to me about this episode, and he so okay, the shrink slash controller slash boss guy was like, you need to get close to him. Mike says he won't trust me. I've tried, and he's like, well, figure it out. Get close to him. Whenever Briggs was talking about situations that he wanted to be involved in, I felt like it was very random. Like, are they just living at Graceland, hanging out, waiting to meet bad people? Because when Briggs was saying that, I guess in my mind it was much more executed than that. Like, they had an assignment. They had something that they had to be doing at any given time, not just, like, you know, surfing until they happen to meet somebody they think is bad. Well, it has its comes and goes. Like, honestly, you can't... These people can't be, like, out mingling with everybody because you have one cover, you have another cover, you have three people at once who meet with different covers. Like, that's what I was... Last episode, it was like, though, what happens if you meet someone who you're supposed to be snorting cocaine with and somebody else Mm -hmm. who you're supposed to be a straight-laced college student with? Like... They can't really be out. So when they're not doing anything, like, it's all about scheduling. Like, oh, we have this meeting here. We have this meeting here. We have to meet with the Russians and we have to meet with the Spanish, whatever, different covers. They have to be at Graceland. They have to be doing something that is literally just them because if they're seen with other people, it can spread and it can break out. So, I mean, this is the family. This is the group of people who are there for each other. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's no secrets in Graceland except for Briggs. Right. Well, I think that speaking of the family, this would be a good time to bring in the new character, which that was kind of a big deal this episode. We met the the other girl, Paige. Mm-hmm. And it came from a place of Mike deciding that he was going to get in with Briggs and using Charlie. Yeah, he wanted... Be- yeah. yeah. Charlie is Mike's in. She's basically, besides, like, the jokester guy, she's basically the only one that, that thinks he's legit at this point in time. She's the only one who's giving him any tips or, or even a break. She's throwing him a freaking bone here. Throw me a freaking bone here. <laughs> so he, he needs a man. She needs a man. Right. She needs a man, yeah, for covert operation. Uh, he needs to be her boyfriend. And here's just another just... Funny how like Joe and Chris were telling us how it's like she's the mother character when this is such like a such like a hey I need a man tonight grab my ass I know she may she may evolve into the mother character but she's not right now she is not she is the vixen vivacity character right now well I actually feel a little bit bad for her but before we go into to their little their mini sting I loved the undercover closet I oh, think yeah. that has a lot of potential to be really funny. And me as a spy, that would be my favorite aspect. The Bible with the gun in it. Yeah. Like, there's, there was a lot of funny things in there. That would and, be you, and you saw whenever Jake was there taking his Rasta hat off. Like, that's where they hold all of their different costumes and disguises. So that was really funny to me. But so they get dressed up, dolled out, go to the club. They're, they're going to take a delivery to Paige because apparently she's been on assignment out of Graceland for a while. Is this where, wait, was, was it in the prop room where uh, Jake's brought the bullets in? Was it that, thing? What's, is that scene? Yeah. Because Jake brings yeah. the bullets no, in. Right, that's yeah. that's kind of where the gears start turning with uh, Mike. With yeah, Mike. yeah, because okay. Charlie said, in order to get in good with Jake's, you got to be a self-starter. you got to charm him. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, charm him. And, and come up with something that the bad guys want. Jake, Briggs would be very appealed by something that the bad guys want because then he has something to offer. Well, what do you get him that has everything? So yeah. <laughs> uh, we meet Paige. Introduction, Paige. And she's up on stage singing. She is singing in Japanese, I believe it was. I don't know. It, it was reminding me of uh, Megan singing to Don Draper. It was just like very sensual at the same time feminine. Well, as we as we meet, her, uh, her cover is 
the girl she's a singer of course she's the girlfriend of robbie and robbie is the main they call him bobby they call him robbie oh, okay yeah i, I, I think thought it's his just, name was bobby i think it's robert i okay. think his character's robert and they just keep <laughs> changing it again joe with those four nicknames for every character i know right no but um so she she's the boyfriend or she's the girlfriend of this guy who does drugs he does guns he does everything so he owns this club and they're trying to get in with him and she's trying to find something that is evidence on this guy and we go into the bathroom and uh what's her face charlie brings the birth control pills right and mike's like oh you're gonna have sex with this guy he's like no we put them in his drink and makes him basically not have any urges right so that's how she gets uh, out of being too corrupt in this situation yeah. but but so okay so charlie was really using the scene as an excuse to have mike be her boyfriend basically it and felt she's like, that. like yeah she really didn't need a boyfriend in that scene why couldn't she just come and go into the bathroom like the, the purpose of this was not to for those two to meet not for Paige and mike to meet that wasn't the purpose like she didn't really need a boyfriend charlie charlie it seems like as far as episode one and two are concerned isn't mike but mike meets Paige or sees her on stage singing and his jaw drops and he can't move anymore and <laughs> she's like snap out of it you're supposed to be my boyfriend here i told you like Paige. there you go <laughs> <laughs> and it was a very usa moment when they end the scene with her just going into the stall and he's just like I'm in, I'm in the woman's bathroom. Right, like, what, yeah. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> well, while they were in the bathroom, Paige, the new character, was talking. She's like, hi, Levi. It's Mike. Hi, Levi. Like, d- just my very first impressions of this character were not great. Like, she's... She, kind, kind, of, kind of a bitch. Not, not, not even that. Like, just, f- like, full flippant with, with oh, people, yeah. I guess. I... I wasn't sensing from her any any part of her that could be a spy in real life. Like, I was, I don't know, I was sensing, like, a pretty girl that was just kind of using people. Well, that's and, what she does. And her character, like, it developed a tiny bit more throughout the episode, but just the very first taste of her was not the same as when we met Charlie. When we met Charlie and we saw her undercover versus Charlie in real life, that was such a cool moment. This character, when we saw her undercover, was... It didn't seem like she wouldn't live that life, if you know what I'm saying. Just didn't She's like not her. about that life. Didn't like her. Julie I, Parton, she ain't about that life. Yet. Yet. Yeah. That one scene didn't like her. I was like, oh, really? This is this is the new addition to the group. But we'll, but we'll see. Let's move on. All right. Let's rush through this. Okay. I don't want to run out of time. Uh, Eddie is Bellow's lieutenant. That is the guy that Briggs has it in with a little bit right now because Briggs has never met Bellow. Um, so it's it's all intertwined. Yeah. Everything, it's a, it's everything's a big in family of evil guys. So the plan is sell bullet. Step one, sell bullets. Step two, arrest Eddie. Step three, flip him. Step four, no. <laughs> Bridge is like, no. And then he's like, well, why not? I'll think about it. So then he thinks about it. Um, this scene, we get a next scene with Briggs and Paige talking a little bit about making some kind of deal to say, set up with some bullets, maybe see little things happen. Right. Very vague because they don't want to give away the ending of the episode, of course. But definitely... I couldn't tell if Briggs was motivated because all of the sudden Mike's idea did make sense after talking with Paige or because Paige kissed him on the cheek at the end and, and he likes her. Cards fell into place. Cards fell into place in what way? Cards fell into place in the way that he thought of how to handle things and how it 
ended up in the end. Okay, so it fell into place in, in Briggs's mind, in our mind, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Because we they were too vague for us to know what was going on, but Briggs had... He had the Robbie card. He knew what was going on. He has his Eddie card. He knows what's going on. He doesn't know how to get the in. But now the bullet card comes into play and lets him play a hand. And this is the hand that he's mm. playing using Paige, who apparently uh, he owes her a lot of favors. And, and he played this as a favor to her because she couldn't find anything on Robbie because Robbie is won't do business in front of women. And she really wanted to get out of this assignment. It seemed like she'd been on it a while. She was having to stay over with this guy. It seemed like a very intense assignment. I could see why she'd want to move on to something different. Yeah, so she's like, I'm, let's get over with this. Okay, she owes him now a little bit more. So this is her way of doing it. They're making a deal to solve all their problems at once. But, okay, let's go back to it. And I know men are going to touch on this as much, but, like, why? Why kiss your boss on the cheek? I'm just going to do something for you. Because that's Paige. That's her character. That's what I was saying when, when you first asked but me about just, Paige. Like, it's just unacceptable. I, I, He's not her boss. They're all teammates. He is basically her boss, though. We all know he calls the shots. He's pretty much the boss of Graceland. But he's not. He's not. I mean, let's face it. There's probably some stuff going on in that house. Behind. So you think, according to law enforcement, they don't consider Briggs the boss? Because I thought that's how it was. They consider Briggs the big dog, but he is not their boss. They don't take uh, orders from Briggs. I don't know. I think they think Briggs is the boss, both the FBI officially and the Graceland undercover agents. Nope. Not at all. I think so. Nope. What do you guys think? Let us know. We already had a fantastic conversation going on YouTube, and I love it because that means that the fans are interactive and the fans are smart. And so just with some, like with some of my other shows, they know way, way more than us or they'll catch insights that we don't know. And so please continue the conversation on iTunes and YouTube. Yeah, You need to go to iTunes and you need to hit that five-star rating and like leave us a comment. Because we're brand new. We've already had two special guests and we already have a few coming up. Can't say it yet, but the show has major potential and we're glad you're going to be involved. Yeah, so, like, do that. Because <laughs> we really want that. And while you're on iTunes, go ahead and download Serial Buddies. Yeah, you should download Serial Buddies. It's a great new film from Kevin and Maria, who are the founders of AfterBuzz TV. Um, we provide hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of content for you every week. We're here pretty much all the time getting this stuff ready to prep it out and get it ready for the hosts to knock it out of the park. So we don't do advertisements other than a little bit of throw flowers here and there just for Mother's <laughs> Day. But uh, it would really help us out if you could go to iTunes or go to SerialBuddies.com, download this movie. It's only four ninety nine. Mm, only four ninety nine. Exactly. Wow. So and I mean, then you own it. You own it. Sweet. Okay. You own it. So check Serial Buddies out and have a good laugh. Now, now back, let, now back let's to our get scheduled into it. programming. Okay. So this episode sort of just proceeded along with setting up the future episodes. I didn't know that literally like halfway through the episode, it seemed like 30 minutes in, we finally got to see the big sting of the, of the evening. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of went like... The episode was, like, slow-moving, slow-moving. That's why we're 30 minutes in, and we've, like, talked about so much of the stuff, and now it just goes chop, 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 chop. Right, yeah. I mean, like, it, it, what's crazy about it is I like it because that means that what this show does not evolve around is the one big sting of each episode. Because yeah. there's a lot of shows out there like that, and while those are fun, you don't have to watch them in order, and you're not as attached. Well, if they introduced characters separately... Then it'd be then we wouldn't care as much. But since we got them all in the first episode, we kind of care equally about each character. So there's things like every time we see Charlie, we're like, 
Where's she been? Like, we want to know where Charlie's know, been. Right? We, what's she doing? Tell us. So basically, we are hearing a lot of stories at the show at the same time. The ones that flow through the entire season, the ones that flow through each character, and then Briggs and Mike always is going to be a theme, and then whatever they're going to do or solve that episode. And this one, it was, I thought it was Bella, but you're saying it's Bello? Bello. Bello. Yeah, okay. Bello. So, uh... Rocking through this thing, where we go to the first, uh, we go to the first thing where they're trying to sell the bullets. They're trying to demonstrate them. Uh, Mike pulls his power play where he's like, "You can't shoot, we can't shoot." And it's like, "No, you need a lesson." He rips the bears to literal crap. Like, well, for a second there, for a second there, those bad guys. And what is their name? The Bellows, or is Bello Eddie. the bad guy? Eddie is the lieutenant that they were selling to. Okay, but what is that group of gangsters' names? It, they don't have. Okay. They don't have anything. So yet. Eddie and and his huntsmen or whatever they say. Bring out the bears. The what? The cops. For a split second there. You were like, are they going to bring out I thought they might people? have cops. Because there's something that we can't pass over. Jake's was not going to give away the bullets at first. Because yeah. if any cop got killed, it would fall squarely on their shoulders. Exactly. If this went wrong and the cop killer bullets got out there, not only would cops be dying, this would, this would fall on their shoulders. Jake's would be arrested. Mike would be arrested. Like, the, the, the stakes were high. So, like, Mike is so care, careful about the things, and then Briggs is so flippant about it. But he got the bullets with two weeks of chores. Yeah, two weeks on the chore wheel. I, I, wanted, I made a note of this. Like, what's the signal if stuff goes wrong? Shit. <laughs> like, seriously, I was like, I marked it. I was like, this is USA. <laughs> I know. I know. I, like, I, I thought the same thing. I didn't know that was allowed. I was like, all right, this opens the door for Psych to just get so <laughs> Psych. Man, Psych could really use some of those. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But so so this is when we learned they bring out these enormous stuffed teddy bears. They actually are teddy bears dressed in probably dead cops costumes, which is sad. No. But I mean, they were, just, they were just, no, it was just teddy bears dressed in random police gear with the the vest i mean okay. it, was, it wasn't to me, anything i thought they got them from cops that they had killed previously no, no. maybe you can't say no no because maybe no, they, they did no nah, because it was so new it was new stuff either way there was a there was a tense moment there because none of the gangster guys could shoot well the bullets are heavier yeah they talked about how it throws off the calibration of the gun and mike's finally like, you can't shoot and they have a little bit of a square off and briggs doesn't know where mike's going with this but mike says without training so he knocks it out of the park. We get this nice little bonding moment of the campfire, like very medieval style. And he sees the bears coming out of the woodwork <laughs> and fires two shots right through that. Like we get a nice little. And bonding so at moment. the campfire, which which I feel like the campfire is going to be this group of friends bar or whatever. You know how most of the most different television shows have a place like Central Perk or whatever where they talk about what's going on and we get to see it through their eyes. There's there's going to be the fire pit, which is different. I haven't seen that before. So but, yeah, they act at this moment, kill him, kill him. Every time he fakes to kill one of the cast members as if it's a bear's, they fall over dead. Yeah, we see a page walks up not knowing anything, kind of showing again that she's not really with the in crowd of the group a little bit. And then Briggs asks about the psych evaluation because he's smart. He knows something's going on. I thought a lot was happening in that bonfire, though. Like, there, there's a lot of small little moments intermingling between the characters. First of all, Jake's wouldn't play. He's no fun. <laughs> Paige, out of it, comes in, but then is immediately playful. She redeemed herself a tiny bit in my eyes. She's still flirty as all cat out, but playful. And there was a moment when he shot Charlie. Charlie laid over a mic, stayed there for a long time. Oh, no, I saw that. I like, was like, she totally Ooh. wanted to cuddle. Yeah, mother my ass. I- <laughs> <laughs> 
So they sold the bullets for five hundred grand uh, to these to the uh, what am I talking about? To Eddie. They they make the deal, sell the bullets for five hundred grand, drives off. Um, no, there's no tracker. There's no th- nothing. There's- All of a sudden, Mike's like. They totally forgot my plan. He's going back at me. He's flying off the cuff. He's not following the FBI handbook, and he's going to get people killed. He's, he's stopping at Guadalajara Hot Dogs <laughs> that has a sour cream, tomato, and jalapeno hot dog for two ninety nine. No, I'm just So he makes Mike go over to get a hot dog. Mike immediately picks up his phone. He's going to call and tell him Briggs because Briggs has lost it, and we all know it. So he leaves a message to Medeo saying, like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> Stuff's going down. Okay, and it's a good thing that Medeo didn't get the call. Yes. For the series point of view, anyway. And things worked out in the end. I mean, but we find out that this is what, for the rest of the season, they'll reference as a heat run. A heat run is when you're taking various turns and things like that to get away from, to lose a tail, basically. And Eddie's not very smart. He has the same heat run every time they make a deal. So Eddie knows where he's going to be. And then Mike finally realizes, oh, and then we have this suspenseful moment. Three, two, one. Wait for it. Uh, uh, oh, there he is. Oh, uh, there he is. Okay, Because cool. Mike and the viewers thought the cops were coming to arrest Eddie. But instead, we see a suspicious blue van pull up, cut them off. All these gangsters get out. It's Paige's boyfriend. It's Paige's boyfriend. They have boyfriend. duped the criminals and pit them against each other again. Paige's guy hits them. Robbie or Bobby, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> and there's no deaths. I made sure to note that. No bullets fired. No deaths. Okay. Nothing. And then he just looks at Mike and says, hey, let's go buy our bullets back. And I was like, oh, so you just got 500 grand. You're going to buy the bullets back for 500 grand because uh, they don't because Paige, Robbie doesn't know that Paige and right and Briggs are connected. So, of course, he's like, oh, we got a buyer for these bullets that we just stole. We're going to take it. OK, 500 grand. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, not jump change. It's fine. I, I can it's buy fine. a few houses. <laughs> you know, you know. I'll buy my own Graceland. A few signed albums by MJ. I could get that going <laughs> on. Um... So uh, so they go and they're and they're sitting there with Eddie, who, by the way, Paige was talking about him. I was picturing him being disgusting. Not nice looking guy. Oh, with nice that. looking young gangster guy. No, you're talking about uh, Robbie. Robbie, not Eddie. Robbie, yes, yes. But before yes, that, yes. I want to mention that scene between uh, Mike and Briggs, right? Because just like the pilot, did you see the gun? I see right. it now, yeah. and just like this. But it didn't go wrong. It's like, well, it could have gone wrong. It could have gone very wrong. He takes a different T-tour. He takes something else. It doesn't end up. We got lots of cops dead. Cop killer bullets on the street. Yeah. Which so not like, good for anybody, Dick Cheney. Anybody. This was a huge scene of foreshadowing for me. Okay. I'm just like, okay, this is, they're really hammering it in, like, taking a chance and things are going right. Taking a chance and oh. things are going right. Taking a chance. Bad stuff. Juju is going to go down. Taking a chance. And sometime in the future, everything's not going to go right. I'm sorry, Briggs, but you may be a good agent. You may know how to get all your cards on hand. But you can play a full house and somebody can have a royal flush and kick your ass. It is very much like poker. Good analogy. Mm -hmm. But so so we see here a little bit of uh, uh, the fact that, that Briggs is a genius at his job. He's not stable. He doesn't follow the rules. When it all goes down, successfully, Eddie gets arrested. Paige is out of her assignment. Mm-hmm. Briggs gets to celebrate. Jake gets his bullets back. Yes, everything's all good. Briggs steals money, and he's like, oh, Eddie slighted us. I'm taking us all out tonight, guys. Drinks on us. So it's a little bit of this. 
he's not following the rules and this is wrong, but it's okay because of this. He's doing this, but this is wrong, but it's okay because of this. Like I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. That happens all the time. You don't know that. Oh, no, yeah. How I, often do you get taken out for drinks by FBI agents? No, no, no. I, I can't. No, I have. Trust me on this. Like drug busts and things like that by the DEA and things like that. Money will go missing or miscounted and things like that just because it ends up in an evidence locker for like 10, 15 years because they have to hold it to the withstanding time. And with these gangsters and with things like that, the court just holds it up in court so long. So the cops, like some cops, will honestly just like figure bonus. Man, I'll tell you what. I don't know if you're saying that happens all the time because it happens all the time on TV shows or not. No. But I hope that it doesn't happen that frequently. I mean, it's a fairly fairly frequent occurrence. But either way, like I'm saying, like... It's a victimless crime. Uh, everything that Briggs is doing, you're, you're, you're like, well, that's wrong, but this. Well, that's wrong, but this. Like, he, he is a, he's a scary character. He's a gray area kind of guy. And, and so I thought the episode was over here. It wasn't. We see Mike with his boss. We, yeah, we see Mike. And Mike backs out a little bit off of that phone call. Oh, he, yeah. Yeah. That little... That little Little meeting with Medeo, he's just like, uh, he just kind of like played it safe. We didn't see the powers that be this episode. Yep, no. I don't know if he's coming back or not. I don't know. I think that that guy, if he is coming back, is Mike's psych boss. Yeah. So he's, we're not going to be seeing him that much. This new character, we is will be, be seeing Yeah, a we'll lot. be seeing him a lot. Um, so then we, get, while he's in this meeting with him, he gets a text on his phone that says, Meet me in one hour important from Briggs. Yes. So, so he goes. We think we're finally going to get to see the face of the big bag. Bellow. Yeah. Right. Briggs. We think that Briggs is finally getting to meet this guy. Takes him out on the docks. Pulls out a gun. Cocks the trigger. Who you been talking to? Briggs holds up Mike. Dude, I knew it immediately when they walk into the docks and Briggs was behind him. Like as soon as Briggs was behind him, I'm like, mother. I did not. I did not know it immediately. Oh my god! Because, because it just went against his whole character. I mean, Briggs is the guy. He's not going to let Mike go in and meet Bellows mm. first. Oh Bellows yeah, that's his good. guy. He has been working for a long time on this guy. Yeah, yeah no, not, that's a great point. Not going to let some rookie mess it up for him. He's going to be going in first. He's going to be going with his character. He's going to have mm. it down. And they didn't even talk about their covers beforehand. He didn't quiz him on his cover. Nah. So it was fishy from the moment it was at a marina. Bad crap <laughs> happens at marinas. Never go down to Long Beach. You Sir. know what's happening at those docks. <laughs> Any marina. When you see chain link fence, hear the sound of <sighs> ship bells and buoy bells, and you see no lights, bad stuff's going to okay, happen. Okay, okay. Uh, you know, maybe that's because you're male and you, and you think more about, like, who would walk in first or whatever. But, no, that's a great point. Didn't see it coming. And it I, was a great. It was a great. It was Hang, no. Hanger. It was it was a great it was a great cliffhanger. I love it when they're cliffhangers that make you want to watch the next episode, but don't leave the plot unfinished. Yeah, that's what's awesome about it. So, did you have anything else before we jump into what they were talking? What we see in the scenes from next episode? Uh, no, but in the scenes from next episode, it, it, it involves the scene. So let's move on to predictions. predictions. And now you're after Buzz TV. Give me that echo. Oh, no. Right, yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. So well, there's a little bit of predictions that we know for sure because we saw them <laughs> in the preview for next week. So apparently 
what it looked like to me, this creepy doc scene where Briggs is holding up Mike, they do come. Bello does come. Eddie does come, right? No, no. That's what it looked like to me. No, 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 no. That's what it looked like. That No, it's a different scene. We have, uh, we have, all right, I'll, I'll throw it out. I, because I, I watched it two, twice and just wrote okay. down all the sequences right, that happened. All right, let's hear from the guy that watched it twice. All right, so Briggs says that you need to trust people because he's like, hey, you put a gun to my head. Uh, he's talking with Lauren. They let you down. Lauren let Briggs down probably about Donnie. I, that's what I put down. Because mm-hmm. she says, you let me down because mm-hmm. he wants her to save something. Uh, this job and us, we must always come first. Like he, Briggs says, this is the job, and then there's us at Graceland. You, you got to put us first. Like there's the job, then there's us. We go first. Uh, we see the SWAT breaching. We see a semi-truck with somebody in front of it with a gun pointing at it. We see Mike and Briggs in the middle of a new warehouse area, and Bellows is seen. And you're sure that it's a new warehouse? It's a completely different place. Okay. So that must mean that they have this conversation. And we do see Mike is very upset. You held a gun to my head. Yeah. Like, and Mike reasonably should be upset. He doesn't trust this person yet. That's horrifying. He trust- He's seen him kill people. So, but, but yes, we, we do also see Lauren's getting us in trouble because she won't leave it alone with the Russians. How hath no fury. So it looks like we're getting bellows, guys. And Russian action next week. It looked like it was jam-packed. I think we're going to see a fall next week. Not like somebody dying, but I think we're going to see a cover being broken. And we're going to see some some ish get real. Like stuff. Something's not going to go along with Briggs' plan. And I think it's going to be Lauren or Briggs' fault. I do. I, I would agree with that prediction. And then a, a much further on prediction. Not next week, but I'm seeing a love triangle. Ooh, oh yeah! Everybody loves it. So, Julie Parton, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at J U L I E P A R T I N. All right, and you can find me always at AfterBuzz TV or at S T E P H E N L E M I E U X. Well, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week for the third episode of Graceland. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.